0: boy, and welcome everybody to our weekly podcast. This week's Torah portion is Parshas Noach. This podcast has been dedicated in memory of Herschel ben David, Mr. Harold Pasternak, father of our good friend Michael Pasternak. Although the major part of the Torah portion talks about Noah and the major flood, of course, I'd like to focus today a little bit on the latter part of the Parsha, the Dor HaFloga, the generation of the dispersion. The Torah introduces it and tells us that there was, at the time, one, one language at the whole world. The world at that time probably was limited to the Mesopotamian area. But there's only one language, and the people were all gathered together and built, and, and they, they built bricks, and they built, they made different types of a, of a community. But then they said, we want to build for ourselves a city and a tower to go up to the heavens, make a name for ourselves lest we be destroyed, lest we be spread about. Now it's not clear exactly what their intention was. The Bidger tells us a couple, a couple of interpretations. One interpretation was that this is rebellion against God. They said, we're going to build a tower that goes up to the heavens, and we're going to fight God on his own turf, so to say. Another interpretation is, Rashi quotes, that they thought perhaps every 1,600 years or so, there was a major flood like the flood that had been a few generations prior to their to their existence and there were the concern that this might happen again and the world the world would be destroyed so they wanted to make this big gigantic tower to be able to overcome any flood that would come their way to be able to to be able to sit in this to set out the flood now both of these interpretations seem a little bit difficult to understand what were they thinking exactly now, sometimes we might think these were, say, simplistic people. They really didn't have a deep understanding of everything and thought maybe they could really build a tower going up to the skies. But it doesn't seem to be the case. The fact that we see, firstly, even earlier generations before that, their understanding of the, of, of the elements and the different things that they did, the creation of bricks and things like that, it sounds like these people were, were people that had a, a deep understanding. Matter of fact, some of the commentaries actually want to say that Ben Bachia says that they were concerned about a, a flood of fire, not so much a flood of water. And the idea of building this big tower was meant as a pretty much a lightning rod to be able to attract the fire there so that it wouldn't attack anybody, it wouldn't it wouldn't affect anything else. So, although in modern history the lightning rod has was been attributed to Benjamin Benjamin Franklin having invented it. The a Bachya, living about seven hundred years ago, tells us already that was the intent of the people living the generation of the flood. Of, excuse me, of the of the tower. So it's not clear exactly what exactly their their intention was. But anyway, the Torah tells us that God came down and said, "Well, since it's their communication with each other that's allowing them to be able to to make this to bring their f- plans to fruition, or their supposed fruition, what they thought they'd be able to do, I'm gonna I'm gonna spread them about." Therefore, he confounded their language, confused their language. They didn't understand what each person was talking about. And from there, they left, and they dispersed, and that's the beginning of civilization. Let's try to understand what exactly is going on over here. First of all, the idea of a single language, the rabbis tell us that language was Lashon HaKodesh, the language of the Holy Tongue. That's the language with which God created the world. That was language that everybody spoke. Language and speech in general are very central to the human being. Early in creation, when it tells us that God blew into the nostrils of Adam, the first human being, the Targum translates the idea of living soul into the the being of Adam, Ruach Memalala, which means to say, literally, the power of speech. In other words, God's giving, his breathing life into man was giving him the capability of speech, the Talmud often talks about different types of, different levels of existence. There's the domain, that which is inanimate. There's some that which grows, vegetative. There's chai, that which has life, which is the animal. And then medabir, the one who speaks, which is the human being. No, the essence of the human being is his capability of being able to speak. The idea of being able to crystallize ideas and be able to express them and to be able to, to be able to share with other people his ideas. What exactly is the purpose of, of speech? Speech actually connects people together. It's through speech that we're able to develop relationships. As I said before, through speech we're able to share ideas and, and bring those ideas to, to action. Although it's interesting, when God first breathed the power of speech into the human being, there was no other being yet. This is before before Eve had been created. So if the purpose of speech was to be able to create connections and communication, who is it to communicate with? It seems from the very get-go, though, that the power of speech was the way we communicate with the Almighty, with the Creator, through prayer. Speech creates correct connections, not only between man and man, but it creates connections between man and God also. That was the original purpose of the capability of being able to speak. Matter of fact, in the creation itself, when God created the different things, the Torah always prefaces it by Yom HaShem, ye or let the, uh, like, HaLakim, ye or, the Almighty said, let there be light, and there was light. vayom Yom HaLakim, the Almighty said, let the land sprout forth vegetation. Let the waters, like God said, let the waters spring forth with, with life. What was the purpose of God speaking those things? God could have thought it the same thing as just as well also. What's the significance of God speaking? Who hears it? But here too, the idea is, it's through speech, God was creating a connection with the physical world. The physical world is not something independent of God. The physical world is, is, there's an element of God within the physical world. The Talmud tells us, as a matter of fact, that there's not a blade of grass that does not have a spiritual force that tells it grow, grow, grow. Which means to say that God's saying, let there be light, let the, let, the, let the earth sprout forth vegetation. That was God creating a connection because speech is the vehicle to which we make a connection with what we're speaking, to, to, to who we're speaking. The understanding over here is that God gave speech to man to be able to create relationships as well as to be able to, be able to maintain and communicate relationship with, with God himself too. This also helps us understand the concept of a name. God told Adam to name the different animals. And whatever God, whatever Adam gave it as a name, gave a name to the animal, that would be its name. The understanding of that is the that name creates, describes the essence of the being that Adam named it. When Adam called the dog, for example, Kelev, what that means to say is the essence of the dog is Kelev. I don't go into too many details right now about the Hebrew language, but it's, the Hebrew language is quite fascinating. Every word describes the essence of the word that is trying to explain, to describe. It, extra, it literally describes the essence, essential makeup of that. So the example given as a dog being called kelev, everybody saying, just tell us that means kol lev, all heart, because the dog represents loyalty. So the Hebrew word for dog represents the idea, the essence, the central makeup of the dog, which is loyalty to its master. When Adam called the name of each object or the each animal by its name, he was creating a connection again. That would be his connection of sorts of be able to control the animals. God gave the animals to be under man's control. By Adam calling them their name, that would create the connection between man and the animal in which animal, man would be able to control to rule over the animals, so to say. That's the idea. Also, even as so far as names are concerned, when you call somebody's name, that creates a connection too. We often talk about somebody; they're on a first name basis. When I call somebody by their name, that creates a certain something, a depth to the relationship. That's what we find when Sho'al was King Saul was upset at David, and he asked his son son, where he was. He asked, "Where is Ben Yishai today?" He didn't want to call him Barry's first name because he was upset at him. He didn't want to create that connection. So he merely called him the son of Yeshai. We find a similar idea earlier. Rashi tells us when the spies came back from scouting out the land, they spoke, uh, they spoke negatively about the land. And Kalev, one of the spies, was upset about that. So he wanted to positively tell us, well, Yaz yes, Kalev um, quieted down the nation. Rashi tells us how he did that was. He said, Is this the only thing Ben Amram did to us? They want us to take us to this land of this land of giants, this land that, 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 will, that will, will be killed over there? Note the fact that he didn't say, is this the only thing that Moshe did for us? He was trying to quiet the people down. After they're quieted, he said, certainly he did everything good for us too. He saved us from Egypt, he gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai, etc. But it's interesting, he didn't say Moshe's name because since he was trying to quiet the people down, make them think that he was on their side. By saying Moshe, it would have implied some kind of a connection. So he was distancing himself from Moshe, so to say, to quiet the people down by calling him Ben Amram. That's the power, the the significance of a name. Now, initially, initially, there was one language. What that means to say is that all mankind was of a single mind, as it were, a single belief. There was belief in God. That was the original language because the language unified them together. They were all, there was a single unit. The problem was, even though there was unity amongst themselves, they used that unity to turn against God. Whereas the initial purpose of speech was to be able to create a connection with, between man and God, the people of that generation utilized speech to be able to build this tower against God. On some level, to be able to rebel against God, that's not the purpose of speech. That's not why God gave the man speech, the human being speech. And for that reason, God said, "I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy their capability of being able to understand each other." And what He did was He distorted the speech. You may have heard sometimes, let's say on a on a on a on an interview, they don't want you to recognize the person being interviewed or the person that says something. So to distort the voice, so it makes it somewhat unclear. That's what Hashem did over here too. his initial language had been Lashon HaKodesh, which had been the Holy Tongue, which had been a very specific language, a language which explained and described something perfectly, the essential essence of the object that it was trying to describe. God distorted that language though. And all of a sudden, one person would say something a little bit different. Another person didn't understand. The person would say a little bit different. And each person, the, the language became more and more and more distorted till eventually it resulted in 70 different languages. Seventy different languages. The people were no longer able to understand each other. One person would say while they're trying to build this tower, can you hand me the hammer? Another person wouldn't understand what he was talking about. And he'd throw some nails. And the person would get upset at him and start fighting with him. What are you doing? And eventually they realized the work cannot go on any longer. They didn't understand each other anymore. This is the beginning of 70 languages. This is the beginning of 70 different nations because the language defines the person. And let's say that the language is what connects the people. When they speak different languages, they become different nations, different peoples. That's why different nations, different nationalities speak different languages. It would have, made, it would have been much simpler had there been an international language. Everybody spoke the same language. But it's not like that because... Each nation has its own ideology, and therefore the language that they speak personifies that nation, that culture, and everything about them, which is unique. And therefore they spread apart from each other. They're no longer that same collective unit that they were initially. That's when the loss of Lashon HaKodesh, the loss of the Holy Tongue. The Holy Tongue would have been that which was connected, everybody connected together. The Barbanel says a fascinating idea. He says, in the future, when the Mashiach comes in in a messianic era, at that point in time, all mankind will speak the same language. What that means to say is because when the Mashiach comes, there'll be clarity, a clear understanding, an appreciation of of God. Everybody, Everybody will see for themselves the concept of Hashem. When everybody understands that, they'll all be of a single mind at that point in time, and they'll all go back to speak the same language again, which is Lashon HaKodesh, the Holy Tongue. In the present being, the Jewish people have that clarity of understanding of the Jewish of, of, of God. and Therefore, Lashon HaKodesh remains the Jewish people's to be able to use, to be able to speak, so to say. But for when the Mashiach comes in the Messianic era, well, the whole world will come to that clarity, they'll come to that realization. And at that point in time, the world once again resumed to speak Lashon HaKodesh, the single tongue that will once again unite everybody together. We say in the Rosh Hashanah Davening, that all of mankind will make a single unit to fulfill the will of Hashem. At that point in time, it's not a matter of anymore, they may not be Jewish necessarily, but the whole concept, the whole idea of godliness will spread throughout the entire world. Everybody come to that recognition and appreciation of God. And that itself will translate into becoming a single nation, a single unit with a single tongue, a single language. The story of the of the generation of the dispersion of the fl- of the of the tower, is a is an important story. It gives us a little bit of understanding. First of all, appreciation for the understanding of lashon HaKodesh, the holy tongue, but also gives us an understanding about the purpose of speech. It's through speech that we're able to make that form of a connection. I once had a beautiful insight from my Rebbe, Rebbe Shlomo Volba, that explained the Talmud tells us that the main reward. For rejoicing with the bride and groom at the wedding is for the words. Rashi tells us what that means to say. It's the words of praise that we give. We praise the groom to the bride. We praise the, we praise the qualities of the bride to the groom so they can appreciate each other. That's the main idea behind rejoicing with the bride and groom. May explained what that means to say is because the purpose of speech is to create relationships, to be able to create connections. And the ultimate connection, of course, is marriage, a husband and wife. And therefore, any th- speech that we use to be able to foster that relationship, to be able to make, come to a greater appreciation of each other, to be able to develop the relationship, a strong relationship, that's the main purpose, that's the main reward that's reserved for the person that, does, that, has, that has this type of uh, understanding that, that, with, with clarity of, of speech. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you again next week. Be'zorosh Hashem.